0: chapter 1 Acts chapter 1 and uh, we're going to go through eight chapters this morning and uh, we'll probably do it at a rapid pace but I've entitled this message this morning lessons from the early church how to continue when challenges arise lessons from the early church how to continue when When challenges arise, as has been alluded to already, we live in challenging times. We live in challenging times, and uh, I don't think it's going to get any easier, amen? The Bible talks about hardships and difficulties and things growing worse and worse and worse. Today we celebrate 76 years. And you know what, I'm thankful for the impact that this church has had in this community for 76 years. Years. I'm glad that it's been a steadfast staple in our community for 76 years. What's sad about the the world we live in today is many churches that used to be thriving and uh, used to be a staple in their community have died. The doors have shut and those churches no longer exist. All because I believe people. Some people have got complacent about where we are in our day and age. That we're looking for the next greatest entertainment in church. We're looking for the next fad, if you will, in church. I'm glad to know that this church has been here and has preached the gospel for 76 years. Thousands and thousands of people have darkened the door. It seems that everyone you talk to in Kingsport who have lived here A certain amount of time when you tell them I go to Temple Baptist Church, you know they used to. You know they tell me usually, I used to go there too. I say, why'd you stop, right? Well, you know the Lord just, and I know the Lord moves people and He does that thing. But this church has been around forever. It seems like, and seems like everybody in this community is aware that Temple Baptist is here if we're going to continue to make an impact in this society for another 76 years and even longer, we're going to have to address some things. Some things are changing. Churches in America come 2022 have changed. I'm not talking about doctrinally. I'm not talking about anything else. I'm talking about the people of God's church have changed. We have allowed a pandemic to come And to strike us with fear, in 2020, we all face one of the greatest modern day challenges that I think any church has ever faced, uh, except for persecution. In 2020, we try to make our lives and adjust our lives uh, to this COVID impact. It impacted our society, it's impacted churches, it's impacted places of business, and so on. You know, when COVID first came on the scene, I was like, this is going to be a 9-11 moment where it brings people back to church, where they realize, man, I've missed church, but it had the total opposite effect on people. Instead of bringing people back to the church, people got complacent, and they said, we don't need the church anymore. They say, we don't have to go to church anymore. I can watch online. And I'm thankful that we have the technology where you can watch it online. But there's something about being in God's house, around God's people, using your gift in the place that He's called you to worship. We have become complacent. We have become, and when I say we, I'm talking the church as a whole. We have become a people now living in fear concerned about the unknown, concerned for our family members, and we live in a time that none of us have ever experienced before. And now in churches all across America, I talk to pastors constantly, and I hear the same story played over and over and over again. Something's different in our churches. Something's different in our places of worship. I believe, has been alluded to already in the songs, and when Brian was talking, that things have changed, and uh, we are looking different, and we've become complacent. We become uh, attacked by Satan. I believe God or Satan's working overtime for our minds today. I believe Satan does not want you to continue doing what you're doing. You know what we need to do today. We need to take our spiritual leg and kick the devil in the teeth and tell him we're going to continue by the grace of God. By the grace of God, Temple Baptist Church is going to be here for years and years and years to come. In, in the text we're going to be at, we're going to be in Acts chapter 1, we're going to go all the way to Acts chapter 8. I'm not hitting every chapter. I want to show you some things that the early church went through and how you and I can take those lessons that they learned in times of uncertainty and how we can continue doing what God's called us to do. In the early church, they did not just survive, they thrived. They didn't just say, well, we'll hunker down and we'll wait till Jesus comes. They, they, they Man, they were all in. I ask this question often. If you and I were given the same task that the early church was of go and spread the gospel and scatter abroad and make yourself known to people, make Jesus known to you, would we see the same success in 2022 that the early church saw when it first started? Based on what I hear from pastors, we would not. We wouldn't make it. We wouldn't make it. If the, if the church in the book of Acts was able to thrive and grow in the challenges that they face that you and I have not faced yet, I believe the church in 2022 can do the same. How does the church grow? How does the church thrive in the midst of uncertain times? Lord willing, we'll answer that question. But I want to read you something from a man named J. Warner Wallace. Jim Wallace is his name. He was a cold case detective. Many of his cold cases were featured on Dateline. And for many years, he was an atheist. He went to a church one day, him and his wife, they decided to see what what all the fuss was about. And at this church service, he heard the pastor say, Jesus is the smartest man that ever lived. And so this cold case detective decides to look into the claims of Jesus. And he goes through the Gospels. And he, and he tries to uh, look at the eyewitness accounts, and he tries to verify that these were actually eyewitness accounts, and he came to the conclusion this. Jesus is who he said he was. He got saved. And he wrote some, some wonderful books, called, one called Cold Case uh, Christianity, another one, A Person of Interest. Uh, but after much research, Jim gave his life to the Lord, and here's what he said about the early church. The first Christians were revolutionaries. The group they formed was in many ways very different from what we know as the church today. According to the book of Acts, they met in their homes, devoted themselves to God's Word. As a result, these early Christians brought about the most amazing and powerful transformation the world has ever known. Twelve men turned the world upside down. Here's what he says, Christians... Emerged uh, in a midst of tremendously diverse Roman melting pot of social and religious ideas, and through purely peaceful means, completely changed the empire and united it under the banner of Christianity. And they did it without a single mega church, they did it without a single television program, and they did it without a single website or social media account. They simply opened their homes and they told people about Jesus Christ. That's what they did. That's what they did. They met in homes and they said, let let us talk about God. Let us talk about Jesus, the one who gave his life for us. They spoke fearlessly and trusted God for the results. And soon before, you know it, Christianity became a dominant political power. It was a divine movement of God. And long before Christianity found a comfortable home in church buildings, it was an active body of passionate believers. And one thing I think that we are missing today in our church is the group of passionate believers. That, man, you realize, I'm on this earth not to to do everything I want to do. I'm on this earth to complete the mission of God. He has a special place for me. He has a purpose for me. And I want to do what I can do for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. We don't have much time. We could be gone the next hour. We could be gone the next day. But may God find us as a church being passionate about Jesus Christ. Listen, we can, and listen. I'm I'm happy for the Tennessee Vols, man. This I will sing Rocky Top until uh, if, if they beat Alabama, way to go. But man, you see these fans and they're Whoo, yes, getting in their seats, and and we come to church and we hear about the amazing grace of God and we sing about the love of Jesus Christ, and nothing happens in us. We're not excited. We're not passionate. Listen, I'm a passionate sports fan, but sports didn't get me to heaven, amen? It was Jesus Christ that died on the cross that got, that got me to heaven. And I think if we can yell at a ball game, if we can be excited about the Tennessee Volunteers or whoever your team is, we can be excited about Jesus Christ. But we live in a society now where we say, I don't want to do it anymore. We, we are complacent. We, we, don't, we, we cheer about the wrong things. The Bible is still a good instruction book for you and me. It's relevant for us. I have with me uh, an instruction manual. Now, this instruction manual is not relevant to you unless you have an HP Envy 4500E all-in-one series printer. It's not relevant for you. Are the instructions in here true? Yes, for my printer in my office. That's what they're good for. They're, they don't mean a hill of beans to you or anything else. Matter of fact, it wouldn't mean anything to me if I went back here to Espanol and I started reading the instructions in Espanol. I would not know what they're trying to tell me because it's not relevant to me. Why? I don't know Espanol. Or I could go back here to uh, uh, Francais, all right, and I can, I can try to read it in French and be lost as a, man, I'm just lost, I ain't got a clue what they can say. I could read it to you, but it's not relevant for me. Can I tell you, we have an instruction manual that's better than the HP Envy 4500 all in one series, amen? We've got the Word of God, and it is still good for us today. It is still good for us today. So what can we learn from the early church? I'm glad you asked. All that was free for you. The church here is facing persecution like they've never faced before. Last week, we talked about how Pilate mixed the blood of the Galileans with sacrifices. He was a cruel man. The church was facing things that you and I have not faced. Nobody's come through our door and threatened our life for the sake of Jesus Christ. No one's threatened to take me outside and stone me to death in front of you all just for simply preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But that happened to the church. Persecution was rampant. Saul of Tarsus, who later became Paul, had permission to go to different cities and persecute those who claimed to be Christians. In Acts chapter seven, when well, I'm not going to read it to you, but Acts chapter seven, you see the account of Stephen. Stephen uh, was taken outside and he was stoned to death. And as stones are being hurled at him, big rocks at his head, he looks up into heaven and he says, "Forgive them." He does. The, he, he utters the same words that Jesus did on the cross. And then he sees Jesus does do something amazing. Jesus was seated on the throne of God, the right hand of God, but he stands for this occasion because Stephen knew what it meant to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Stephen was beaten. Why? Why did they kill him? Why did they stone him? For speaking the truth of God's Word. The church at this time begins to scatter begins to go in different areas. And God used that scattering to tell people about Jesus Christ. Christians would be beaten, imprisoned, and everything else because of their belief in Christ. They were facing difficult times. They were facing times like you and I have never faced before. And when I look at what we faced in 2020, I say, man, that pales in comparison to what the early church faced. But how did they keep going? I think we've allowed... Covid to become an excuse of not doing anything for God anymore. Because it's just it's just a good excuse. I got a sniff in my I, I've got I got drainage coming out, so I can't do anything. I I need to be careful in what I do uh, because I don't want to get anybody sick. Uh, I, I'm I, me personally. I'm tired of living in fear. I'm tired of I'm tired of saying, well, I just can't do anything. Listen, I've told you this before, but if God wants me to get COVID and I die from COVID, man, that's God's plan for my life, right? And there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I can do about it. I, I don't want to live in fear. I want to have the courage like they did in the early time. Acts chapter 1. Notice with me in verse 14. And I'm just going to take you through some Bible verses and show you what the church did. First, how did the church handle isolation? I mean, we've 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 uh, we've had our share of isolation, right? Where we feel all alone. I mean, think about what happened. Jesus died. He, he comes back to them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He tells them that they're going to be witnesses in all these other places. And then he ascends in front of them, and they're standing there saying, What do we do now? In verse, uh, look at verse 12. Well, no, look at verse 10. When while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is uh, from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went into an upper room where abode Peter and James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, Zelotus, Judas, the brother of James. And listen to what they said in verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. How did they handle isolation? How did they handle this tragic event in their life where all of a sudden their life is not normal? Right? We've all been there, right? Life is not normal. Somebody got me a shirt that says, uh, normal's not coming back, but Jesus is. Amen? We, we've, we, listen, we left normal in 2020 or 2019. We left normal. Normal's gone. We, now we have a new normal. We have a new normal of walking and, and hearing about COVID and all these other things. That is our new normal. But what did the disciples do before their life changed? you get the hint that they used to pray together. And it says they continued in one accord. They continued together doing the things they used to do before when life was normal. Can I tell you, church, you know what you and I need to be doing? If we're going to make an impact on this community, we've got to continue doing the things we used to do when life was normal, amen? We've got to continue doing it. We cannot give up. We cannot give up. We have to continue doing the things we were doing when life was normal. But you see how many people were there. In verse 15, there's only 120 people in this room together praying. That's sad to me. Think of all the lives that Jesus impacted. The, the, I mean, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that followed, that followed Jesus, and only 120 people decided to show up. And get serious about what Jesus told them to do. That's sad to me. But it's also encouraging because, listen, they just continued doing what they were doing when life was normal. What I see in the church today, just talking to pastors, is many people have quit doing what they used to do when life was normal. We have give up. We say, well, I don't have time anymore. And I believe I believe Satan's throwing all kinds of things at us in our world today. I don't have time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the know-how. I don't, I don't, I just don't want to do it. And he throws all kinds of things at us. See, the, the disciples continue doing what they were doing before life threw them a curveball. Satan is hard at work today getting people out of the things they used to do. See, Years and years ago, listen, this, this church for 76 years has been around because of faithful people. It continues to go because of faithful people, amen? It's because people are involved in doing things. And I think we see this in every church. People are tired, they're worn out, and they're struggling with depression, anxiety, and different things. Satan is throwing all he can at us to stop, to keep us from doing what we should be doing. Listen, life is difficult. Life is different. But that's no means to stop. That's not an excuse to say, I give up on Jesus Christ. Do you think the cross was hard on Christ? Do you think it was difficult when he was on his way to Calvary and he dropped underneath the weight of that cross and somebody had to lift it up for him and carry it? Do you think it was hard when he was beat and bruised and spit upon and his beard ripped out? Do you think it was hard when people were just hitting him for no reason? Yes, it was hard, but what did he do? He finished it. He died. He gave up the ghost. He's put in a grave, and thank God, three days later, he rose again so that you and I can have victory in our lives to continue doing what he's called us to do. You know, I take the Bible literally, and that's how we should interpret the Bible. There are some Uh, Things that we take figuratively, but overall, the Bible, just like any other book, we're going to take literally, unless the author's saying this is not literal. In in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, Give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Listen, can I tell you this? If you need something in your life, give it. That's the principle we're talking about in Luke chapter 6. The word it, give and it shall be. It's not just talking about money. Listen, if I, if I need hospitality, if I need love, if I need friendship, if I need whatever I need, what should I do? I should give it. And then men are going to give back to you. If I need time, what do I do? It? What do I do? I give time. Give my time to God. And you'll be amazed that you'll all of a sudden have a lot more time than what you used to before you gave God your time. God is faithful. Listen, continue continue giving like you used to. Continue giving of yourself, continue giving of your resources. Listen, now it's not the time to stop. Now's not the time to stop. Continue doing what you were doing when life was normal, as normal as it could be. If we're going to continue as a church, listen, in times of isolation, we got to continue doing what we do and before. We were in isolation. How did they handle, secondly, how did they handle someone telling them they had to change what they spoke about? And this is probably coming to you and me. In Canada, they're being uh, told what uh, what they can and cannot say, when and they can and cannot meet. In California, it's happening as well. It will make its way over here to the fine state of Tennessee where people are trying to say, you can't say this anymore. We're getting to the place where it may come, where they say, you can't be speaking about Jesus anymore. Turn over to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, look at verse 23 through 31. Acts chapter 4, verse 23 says, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that chief priests and elders had said unto them. When they heard this, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. What were they doing again? In one accord, right? See, one, one overarching thing that you see in this, in this early church is they did things together. It was unified. One accord and said, Lord, now this is the prayer they're praying. Thou art God which made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. You You know what they're asking for? Asking for more persecution. What happens when the church is told you can't say anything else about Jesus Christ? How do we respond? I think many would respond by simply not coming back to church. Well, I didn't need church. COVID, COVID showed me I didn't need church anyway, so I'll just stop going. And I won't make a scene. You know what they're asking for? God, grant us boldness to speak your word. What a prayer, right? Man, if we were facing persecution and someone come in and said, church, you can no longer do this, would it be our prayer as a unified body of believers to say, God, grant unto us the boldness to speak your word, even at the threat of these threatenings, even at the threat of somebody doing something? Listen, if we're going to continue making an impact on this community, We must continue talking about Jesus. You can have all the programs, all the other things you want to, but Jesus is the only one who can change hearts today. He is the only one who can make a difference. So don't stop talking about Jesus. May God give us a boldness this year, this week, this moment to talk about Jesus Christ. Don't listen to Satan when he says they don't want to listen to you. When the Holy Spirit says, speak of me, speak of him. You won't be sorry that you did. We have become guilty of making the minor things in life the major things. But our major thing is it should be our walk with the Lord and how often we get to talk about him. I pray that God gives us boldness. Boldness to speak like we've never spoke before. We are living in a society where a lot of people don't want to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. I give you that. But that's no excuse to stop talking about Him. God's been good. God is good. He'll be forever good. Continue talking about Him. He, he answered their prayer. He gave them boldness. We continue reading there in verse 30. By stretching forth thy hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. When they prayed, listen. The place was shaken where they assembled together and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. The reason you and I don't speak with boldness anymore is because we're not praying for it. We're not praying for it. Man, the the early church, they had threatenings. They had isolation. And what What did they say? God, give us boldness. Help us not to be cowards in this time. Now is not the time to be a camouflaged Christian where you just blend in. Now is the time to make your Savior known to the, to the world that's dying and going to hell. Amen? How did, how did this church handle the threats becoming a reality? Where it's no longer threats, but now they're getting beaten and, and persecuted. And everything's happening to them. How do they handle it? Go over to chapter 7 and chapter 8. We'll be in verse 8. Or chapter 8, I mean. Uh, they began to scatter. They had no choice. Jesus tells him in Acts 1, 8, you shall receive power. After that. after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. Acts chapter 8, verse 1 through 5, notice what it says. Saul was consenting unto his death, speaking of uh, Stephen, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, and read that next word with me. What? and what? Samaria, right? Samaria. What, what did Jesus say? You need to go and, and be a witness unto me in Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And now you see Jesus and, and God working things out in their life so that the Word of God be, because they were guilty, the church was guilty of just sitting in Jerusalem waiting for the Holy Spirit, which they were commanded to do, but then they were commanded to go and get out of there, but they stayed in Jerusalem. So God sends persecution to them, and they begin to scatter, and they use the scattering, the persecution, to tell more people about Jesus Christ. Listen to what it says. And devout men carried Stephen uh, to his burial, and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house Telling men and women committed in the prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the Word. Did it stop them? Did it stop them? No, it didn't. They had a determination. Yes, times are difficult. We live in a different age. Life is not normal anymore. We are facing things we've never faced before, but we will go and preach the Word of God. Why? Because God gave them boldness. God gave them boldness. They were scattered for the sake of the gospel. If this scenario was to take place in 2022, what would happen to the church? What would happen to the church? I think COVID gave us a little glimpse of what would happen to the church. We would hunker down. We would say, I'll stay inside. I'll stay to myself. We, I don't know if we would have the withal to, to ask for boldness and to go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many of us would have just stayed home because we did not want to be inconvenienced? Can I tell you, the gospel is inconvenient sometimes to you and me. It, it changes our life. It makes us do things we normally would not do. Listen, somebody today, somewhere around you, Needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Someone that God has only placed in your path today. You only are going to meet them today. No one else in, around is going to meet them today. You have an opportunity like nobody else has, and you got you, you got an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that moment comes, you're having a conversation with them, and you say, I can't do it. I can't do it. What if they what if they get upset at me? Listen, an easy way to do this is, I know we're eating here after service, but if you go out to eat somewhere, and hopefully you pray before your meal, that's just a good testimony. You pray before your meal. When your waiter waitress comes, say, you know what, we're about to pray. Is there anything I can pray for you about? I mean, you'll be surprised how many prayer requests people have that may not even know about Jesus Christ, but who are going through hurtful times. And then you can use that as a segue to tell them what Jesus has done in your life. Listen, our, our life looks different than it did three years ago. I think we all can agree on that, right? That's not a big surprise. But can I tell you, God still has a plan. God still has a plan. You know what His plan is? His plan involves you and me. It does. It involves you and me just being faithful to what He's called us to do. Satan's here and he's telling you this. You don't have time today to do what God wants you to do. You're right, Satan, I don't have time, so I don't need to do this. Satan tells you, you're too tired to do the work of God. And You know what we say? You're right, Satan, I'm too tired. I'm too worn out. Satan tells you this, someone else will take care of it. And usually what happens, no one else takes care of it. It goes by the wayside. I I admit, life is challenging and life can wear you out. It really can. But may we not stop serving Jesus Christ because we're too tired or because we don't have enough time. We've got time for what we make time for. And the Word of God and God's house and God's people should be something we make time for. Today, I pray you're not listening to the excuses Satan's giving you. I end with what J. Warner Wallace opened up with him. I want to give you seven things that he says the church has taught us, the early church has taught us today. Christians were bound and united by a common truth. Has that changed? Today, we're bound and should be united for the common truth of Jesus Christ. Christians were characterized by uncommon joy. I don't know if that's something we could say characterizes Christianity today, uncommon joy, because life has beat us up. Christians were fearless and animated people, not a passive church. They just didn't let things go. They were passionate about serving Jesus Christ. Christians were known for their love. Christians gave sacrificially to the needy. Laymen of character led the movement. Philip was told to go see the Ethiopian eunuch in the wilderness. He found a man who didn't know. He was reading Scripture but didn't know what he was talking about. Philip was a deacon, a layman in the church. God says, I want you to go and do this, and speak to this person. Christians were God's holy ambassadors in a dying world. These things should still be the same case for Christianity. We are still God's ambassadors to a lost and dying world. This is a different sermon, I know, but I think there's some things we can learn today and take home to where 76 years from now, when I'm dead and gone, this church is continuing to thrive not just survive life is different and nothing's going to change that life is different and nothing's going to change it can we all agree life is different can we all agree the normal of 20, 2019 is not coming back can we all agree with that so what do we do continue doing what you were doing when life was normal God still needs you involved in the work. God still needs you involved in the work. Life has changed, but the mission is still the same. We're ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Called to a lost and dying world to heed the warnings that's been given in the Bible. God needs people. As time winds down on earth... And it is winding down. Will you be found serving Christ with everything you've got? Or will you just be making it through? Will you just be surviving until you get to heaven? And you can take a deep breath and say, "Ah, I made it to heaven. Man, you know what? I I, want to go out. I want to go out kicking the devil in the teeth every chance I get. I want to go out serving Jesus Christ as much as I can. I'm a human being just like anybody else here, and there are days that I absolutely fail my Savior. Man, the responsibility we have in our our day and age. Keep going. Will you be found stressing over the not-so-normal life that we have anymore? How in the world are we going to do this? How in the world are we going to make this? There's one thing I know today. God's never failed me yet. He's not going to start failing today. God has a purpose for this church. God has a plan for this church. That plan involves you. Get involved. Do something to help this church continue sharing the gospel. I love you, church, more than you'll ever know. I love you. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. You've impacted my life. You made a difference in this community. Many of you have been here for years and years and years, and you're still here, and I thank you for it. But time's not over. If, if, if I was done, I would be dead right now. I'd be in heaven. If you were done, you would be dead and in heaven. Do the things you used to do for the Lord when life was normal. Don't give God an excuse of why you can't do it. Let God know you can do it. Life is going to keep changing. God is wanting us to realize that He is a constant factor for you in an ever-changing world. He's something that will never change. I want this church to be around long after I'm dead and gone. I want the next generation to experience what we experience at this church. That's only going to happen if we're unified in the mission. If we make a decision today, we're going to continue going on. I want the light that's been shining in this community for 76 years to continue to shine. Our light will shine much brighter if everyone is holding up their lamps. Our light will shine brighter if everyone is holding up their lamp i pray that god challenges your heart today if you've let the lamp down and you just set it to the side because you got tired you wore out you're frustrated with life pick the lamp back up help us shine the light here in this community let's all get behind it and serve Let's let's get behind this church let's uh, uh, see another 76 years come Let's see God do some wonderful things. God's still God and He still can save souls. Let's trust Him for it. I'm going to pray. Sacred Harmony is going to come up and have a time of invitation. We're going to give you all a chance to respond to today's message. You could respond there in your seat. Respond around the altar. Whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do today. Heavenly Father, help us. Help us to continue going. Lord, challenges are going to come. Life is going to get hard. Some days we're just going to be tired. We're going to be wore out. We're going to be exhausted and feel like we cannot go another step. Help us to continue doing the things we used to do. Help us not to give the excuse, I cannot do this, God, for whatever reason. Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts during this invitation time as we close in a song. Lord, I pray that we would be stirred in our hearts to do more for you. The mission has not changed. I believe the only thing that has changed is your people. Help us to come back to you this morning and hold our lamp up high. In your name we pray.